Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Christopher Cowles from the Newman Center in Vermilion with us to talk about um, how difficult it is for college students to keep the faith while they're down in college, why that is, how parents and families and friends can help them. So uh, that should be a fun conversation. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. So I think we should, yeah, story time with Father Cowles. Oh, that would be great. Be oh, great. yes. He would have some great stories. Great. He really does. He he's, yes. he's very nerdy and just things come, <laughs> well, I mean, self-admitted. Yeah. Yeah. Self-admitted. True. He is. Yes. He, he wears the badge proudly and, and he just has some good stories. So. Amen. All right. Off to Biblical Bites to with say? Dr. B. Got anything no. else to say? What? Happy New Year, Renee. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's so weird when we record and then I don't know what day it is. Oh, I'm I know sorry. what day it Happy is. Happy New Year. I'm, I'm prepared. As I'm wearing my Christmas shirt on the video. <laughs> yes. Well, it's still the Christmas season. It is. You're right. You're right. So what is today, Renee? You know, right before we started, I said, I don't know what Sunday it is. So it's some second Sunday in Christmas time. <laughs> Bill, what's the... This is the epiphany. It is indeed the epiphany. Mm, I well have known done, that. Mr. Seely. Should have known that. Thanks, um, Bill. So epiphany, tradi- traditionally, Renee, when is epiphany celebrated? When is it celebrated? Traditionally, when was it? And tra- traditionally, it still is, in a way, celebrated. I don't... The date for epiphany? Oh, the Tradi- first. Second. Third. <laughs> Sixth. Six. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. coming through again. <laughs> yes. Saving Renee Kranz. Wow. So traditionally the sixth, which is how many days after Christmas? Bill. Yeah, uh, I can't do math. Was that, uh, it's Twelve. Like six, Twelve, <laughs> yes. Twelfth day of Christmas. <laughs> it's a rough, rough day today, <laughs> apparently. So, so uh, Epiphany traditionally is celebrated as the twelfth day of Christmas on January 6th. Uh, but for quite some time, it's been transferred to um, Sunday, and in this case, the was Sunday it a before. holy day of obligation at one time? Yes, it oh, was. Okay. It was. Uh, pretty, it was a while. It's within our lifetimes. Sooner or later, we're going to have ago. no holy days of obligation left. That's the way they're going. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. So today we're selling the Epiphany, which means next Sunday, what are we going to be celebrating, Bill? Baptism of the Lord. Wow. I was going to say that, but I thought you, I'd let Bill. Oh, I knew that. Oh, you didn't know it today. Oh, this, this episode is a train wreck, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. So, and ne- therefore next Sunday is the end of the Christmas. So today is the end of the. It is a short days, Christmas season. Two weeks and a day this year. Yeah. Yep. So on the epiphany, what is it that we're um, celebrating? Uh, this is when the wise men visited. Right, right. And when did that happen? Oh, somewhere between, probably not birth, but oh, let's say six months and two years old. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago yeah. on episode of Ignition, right? Mm-hmm. And and why do you say up to two years old? Because when- two years, right? Yeah. Because okay. when Herod, uh, when, they, when the wise men visited Herod and told him about it, he uh, wanted to get rid of all the boys who were two years and younger. Right. So the so there had to be a reason innocence. for that. And yep. that was that. So yeah. oftentimes we talked about this on ignition, but um, oftentimes when we read Matthew's account, we sort of pile together mm-hmm. 
the birth with the visit of the Magi. So most of our crash scenes, our nativity scenes mm-hmm. have. Yes. As it is here in the studio. Men. Yes. The wise men um, are already there. <laughs> but, but we know from the account that the star stopped over the house where they were. Right. So they, it, it was probably at least several weeks, probably a few months, maybe even, yeah, up to a two year, years. Yeah. So this is the thing though that I wanted to, to highlight because last year, you can go back to last year's episode of Biblical Bites. We talk about the importance of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But there's another aspect. There's a there's an Old Testament um, account which ends up being, a, in a sense, a prophecy. Well, it is a prophecy uh, for Jesus's birth that mirrors this. So in Numbers 24, there's, a, I think, a Moabite king who want, the Israelites are coming into the Holy Land. They're they're conquering the Holy Land. This Moabite king basically tries to get uh, a, a pagan seer uh, to curse the Israelites. Oh, wow. And this is, uh, so Balaam and his talking donkey. You ever heard of... <laughs> No, but that you guys, that was Shrek. I'm sorry. <laughs> Numbers 24. Look it up. Billy had all the answers today, but he doesn't know Balaam about Balaam and his talking is the talking donkey. Is the donkey's name donkey? No. Okay. No. 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 So look it up. Wait, but- Shrek's a biblical story. Is that what? Is that what we're going with? got like 30 seconds left. Sorry, okay, go. finish, finish. <laughs> Bring it home. So um, he, he keeps trying to curse the Israelites, but it keeps end up being a prophecy. So it's, it's really a comical story. And the donkey, ta- the donkey won't because he was supposed to, because he sees an angel at Numbers 24, look it up. Uh, but here's the thing. And but Balaam makes this prophecy that a star will rise at the coming of the king mm-hmm. of the Israelites. So fast forward about, 1200, yeah. 1300 years. And that's exactly what we see. This prophecy from Numbers 24 fulfilled in Matthew chapter 2. Great stuff, Dr. B. And Numbers 24. Numbers 24. Look it up. Go look it up. Thanks. In the studio with me today is Father Christopher Cowles. Welcome, Father Cowles. Thank you very much. He is the pastor at the St. Thomas More Newman Center You're in correct. Vermilion. Sometimes called pastor, sometimes called director. Director. Okay. I didn't know how to say that, frankly, and I should have asked you before we started. I'm supposedly in charge. (laughs) Yep. Pastor it is. (laughs) Director of the St. Thomas More Newman Center. So you've been hanging out in Vermilion. I have been. It's coming up right around like five and a half months. Oh, that's it? Yeah. It feels like so much longer. It does. But Christmas is, you know, that six month period yeah. right after the transitions of right. the Bilzillion priests who all moved this summer. <laughs> yes, because yeah. that was basically how many moved. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to have Father Cowles come in because, um, of course, as this airs, it is right around Christmas time. It'll air on radio on the 26th. And many college students are home right now. And I'm sure they're glad that they're home. <laughs> As long as their brain can relax from studies yes, and school and things like that. They're done with finals. They're done with research papers or whatever it is, and they can relax for, what is it, two or three weeks? It's close now? to three weeks for three most weeks. of the state schools. Okay, good. Yeah. So they're enjoying their time at home. Um, but I want to talk about um, sometimes parents, families might notice that maybe their college student who has now come home is maybe a little different with their faith. All really? Of a sudden. They're yeah. not perfect still? Sometimes, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they may be backtracking a little bit or, you know, there might be some differences. And so we wanted to talk about that a little bit and how 
how parents can can react to that, how what they can do to help their child or their I shouldn't say child because they're adults now. They're, they're young adults. They're burgeoning is adult is ooh, the phrase I like ooh, to put. Okay. Yes, they're burgeoning adult. <laughs> okay. Or adult. Yes. <laughs> as they probably like to be called too. Often, certainly not. Too. I mean, they are their their parents' child, but all right. So. Um, you have been at the uh, Newman Center now for a little bit. And as you told me, you work mostly with, with people who are quite involved with their faith. Most definitely. But I have to imagine that um, you probably have encountered some college students that are maybe not quite where you wish they would be. <laughs> Even some of the, the kids that I worked with at Our Lady of Guadalupe, I'll see them on campus and they'll be like, Father, I forgot you're here. And I'm like, I am. Or that church exists. But uh, if you want to come by sometime, that would be great. I'd love to see you at the Newman Center. What's the Newman Center? What is that place? Well, it's a special place. Catholic. Oh, it's Catholic? Yeah. Like, why do you think I'd be on campus otherwise? Right, right. Like, are you going back to school? No, I am not. No, no. So can you tell us a little bit about what Newman's, the Newman Center is like down there first? What do you guys do? What's your purpose? Besides just being Catholic on campus. That is awesome. That's (laughs) such a great question. Um, This last year, we've been doing a lot of searching and really looking at the identity of what the Newman Center is all about. Mm -hmm. While a lot of people want it to be a home away from home, and it really is. It's meant to be a home away from home. Every student should feel free to come inside the doors and just relax and be. We do have a library, a study room. Um, We've got a large kind of lounge where people can watch movies, hang out, play Mm -hmm. games. And we have dollar dinners every week. Um, oh, nice. Pay a buck, get a good home cooked meal. Most of the time, it's Who home cooked. Who cooks it? Um, it ranges okay. from the students to sometimes having it catered, and sometimes I cook. Oh my goodness! Thanksgiving this year, I cooked three turkeys, <laughs> twenty pounds of potatoes, all this other stuff. And usually, we have like sixty to eighty kids. We have like hundred fifty show oh, up. Oh my goodness! It's crazy, but it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome because they came in the doors. They felt welcomed. They felt like it was a really a space where they could flourish and really grow in their friendships. So it is a home away from home, mm-hmm. but first and foremost is meant to be a place where they encounter Jesus Christ. Right. And they grow both in their faith, they discover the location, they dis- they learn what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, and while those two are very much there, uh, we're working really hard on beginning to allow the students to encounter Christ more often at right. the Newman Center. Right. And to be that place where they, they meet him and they grow in their own personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Do you guys work with kind of hand in hand with focus? Much? We do. Damn. Yeah, we've got five focus missionaries on campus. Oh, wow. They're rock stars. Is that stars. more than usual? Well, there's like a special discount if you go from four to five. <laughs> I know most people don't realize this, but there's a discount if you have five missionaries on campus. So we've got three lady missionaries and two men okay. who are missionaries, and they lead Bible studies. They do evangelization and outreach. Um They disciple students, which means they teach them what it means to be a disciple of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And they also lead some of those disciples to leading their own Bible studies, uh, which we've seen great success with in this last year. Yeah. Um, Also, they're just cool and they're fun to hang around with. And people want to be around the focus missionaries because they're amazing. They're really good at what they do is what I've learned. Uh, A lot of priests became priests because of a focus missionary. It's Or at least started on the road to that. Yeah. So it's quite Or became focus missionaries themselves and then later on became priests. Right. It's quite a priest machine over there. Yeah, it's <laughs> in, in, in a very interesting culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Truth. So they really help. Um, they probably see more students who may be falling away from their faith than you do, just because they're out kind of really um, approaching students more than maybe you have the opportunity to do. Very much so. Yeah. 
for a lot of them, they're out there on campus with the students. But for so many of them, even for instance, in their Bible studies, Mm -hmm. they have people who aren't necessarily practicing per se the faith, but are just in that kind of entry level of coming Mm -hmm. back to like understanding what it means to study the scriptures or be part of something. Yeah. For so many of those Bible studies, it's less about like pushing them into the mold of organized religion, even though that's a big piece of it, Mm -hmm. and more about just getting them to seriously think about what is faith? Mm -hmm. Who is Jesus? Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Have you ever cracked open a Bible before? Right. What does that look like? And then having activities that encourage them to participate. So, I mean, we had events all throughout the course of the fall just to get people in the doors. Mm -hmm. It was less of trying to force them into a chapel and just getting them to find a place where they belong and they feel welcome and that they that they know that they're not going to be judged based off of mm-hmm. where they're at in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, for so many of the students who begin to kind of slowly fall away, part of it is they've just had the faith their entire life. Right. And they wonder, what would happen if I didn't, like, go to Mass on a right. Sunday? My parents and aren't going to know. It's true. <laughs> and my very first Sunday homily was, guess what? If during the course of the semester you don't go to Mass, you are not going to spontaneously combust, right. <laughs> like your parents might have taught you up to this point. However, while you will survive, you may not thrive. Right. And I, I'm here to tell you, like, I did the same thing as all of you. Mm-hmm. And I rebelled for a while, and I realized I'm not the person I want to be. Right. I am a much better person when I'm living my faith than when I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so just encouraging them to live that faith throughout the course of the year and to say, really think about this. Take the time to invest and say, is this my faith? Is this what I'm going to believe? Am I going to say yes to this? Right. So what is it about college, about going to college, and especially that age group that that kind of does this pulling them away from their faith? I would say first and foremost, they're trying to discover what it means to be an adult mm-hmm. and how to live that faith. They no longer have anyone driving them to church on a regular right. basis. <laughs> yes, the occasional mom will call them up and say, did you go to Mass this weekend? Because my mom definitely Especially did. Especially in I the love beginning, her. yes. Thank you, Mom, if you're watching this. I appreciate the calls. On if I was going to church or not, I did go to church most of the time. If I lied, I'll confess it later, I promise. Um, but I know, like, for so many of them, they don't have the persistent Catholic guilt behind them. Right. Or sometimes the nagging that we've had growing up. Right. And for many of them... Um, while campus, while there's a church on campus, they're like, well, what is it? What's going to happen there? How does this work for us? Um, and that's why we tried to do so much outreach in the beginning to say, yeah, come by, have Mm -hmm. fun, join us in barbecues and fun events. Uh, we did one that was, um, it was a men's event, which was axes, fire, and steaks. (laughs) All the women were like, why can't we have axes and fire and steaks? We just have charcuterie boards. And we're like, it's, it's. Everyone's different, okay? (laughs) I had to learn. I had to learn charcuterie. Um, I'm learning. But for so many of these students, for them, they just, they're trying to figure out what it is that they truly believe. Right. They've had their parents backing them up and walking with them in the faith. And still, those things are important to them, especially Mm -hmm. if they personally invested in going to a youth group and participating in things as they were growing up. But once they get to college, there's so many things vying for their attention. I remember going to the activity fair and being like, there's like 50 organizations here and everyone wants you to participate in something and you only have so much time. As a freshman, you want to say yes to everything, but at a certain point you reach your breaking point and you decide what's most important, what's going to be a priority and what is not. Right. And for many of them, just church isn't the priority on their list. Right. Um, 
Also, they're in an atmosphere when they can party, and people encourage them to party what? and have no. fun with those parties. <laughs> um, they're going to involve in fraternities and sororities and going to games and all of these other activities mm-hmm. that are all drawing them in. And for so many of our students, more than anything else, they want to belong. Right. Some of them keep the same friends they had when they're in high school, but mm-hmm. some are looking for new friends and trying to find people. Some of those friend groups are awesome and incredible. Some of them are toxic. Right. But they don't even realize it at that time. Right. And even within a college setting uh, with some of the professors who are there, not all of them, because we have some really good professors who right. even come to the, the Newman Center. Yeah. But some of them are like, why would you want to be Catholic? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to live out your faith? Mm-hmm. That's like the opiate of the masses, isn't it? Right. You know, using those those phrases. And people start to think like, there must be something wrong with me mm-hmm. if I practice the faith. Right. Instead of like, no, there's something right with yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but even I've got one student right now who's considering becoming Catholic at the Newman Center. Well, a number of them who are. And I'm like, I don't want to shove this down your throat. I want you to ask the questions. I don't want to be the one to ask questions. Bring any question you have, anything you're struggling with, and don't be afraid to ask. Sure. Because this is also a time when you should be have that free open forum mm-hmm. to really delve deep in your in your life and in what you it is that you believe. Yeah, for sure. So when if parents are experiencing this, they're noticing that their their college student isn't going to mass or whatever, should they panic? No, do okay. not panic. Okay. Do not a lot hit of the panic button. Do. Don't yell at the the uh, the um, the pilot of the airplane asking, where, where are the oxygen masks? I need to put the oxygen mask on right now. No, do not panic. Do not panic. More than anything else, um, begin to just continually invest in your kids. Love them as best as you can uh, with all of your heart, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then begin to ask questions like, is there other things that are going on? Right. And not to do it in a way that's going to cast blame on them. Oh, yeah. Um, because oh, that would be so easy to do. It is. Yeah. It really is to say, what's wrong with you? Are you not carrying on what we've believed all these years? Why aren't you being the child mm-hmm. that I raised you to be? All of this sort of stuff. And then it adds guilt upon guilt upon guilt mm-hmm. there. Instead of them just saying, you know, I'm here to support you and love you. Is there a reason that you haven't been able to go or... I heard there's a really weird, crazy, fun priest at the Newman Center. Maybe you should check him out. I heard he teaches no one people says how to that, throw tomahawks. That's what I say about myself, but whatever. Um, nevertheless. Uh, but it's it's entering into an honest and open dialogue mm-hmm. to say, have there been times that you've been bullied for right. your faith? Right. Are there times when you just want to not talk about this and you got to give them the freedom to? Right. But then to invite that is the biggest thing, yeah. to invite as much as possible the students to say, hey, if you haven't gone, don't be afraid to come this Sunday. Come with us, please. We'd mm-hmm. love to have you. If you haven't been going this time, I'm not going to guilt you into right. going. I might invite you to go to our confession <laughs> service while you're home, uh, but if you say no, that's okay. Right. I'm not going to be here saying you're a horrible person because you're not going to church. Right. So that's the big thing. And then one of the realities that I love from John Paul II is to propose the faith not impose the faith. Mm, yes. So when we impose something upon our kids, what can easily happen is they say, no, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Versus saying, hey, I want to invite you to do something. I want you to look at something beautiful. Hey, could we watch a movie together tonight? Right. Um, and to find something that's beautiful and appealing and good. One of the things that's been awesome in these last two years is the Chosen series. Oh, yes. I love that those. has been so appealing mm-hmm. and fresh and beautiful that many people watch it and are like, wow, like this was a life of Jesus. I thought it was always like deep, dramatic, scary music and right. Jesus was walking around and people were serious all the time and they never had fun. Uh-huh. No, they're normal human beings. Yep. 
Um, That's the best thing about that series that really portrays the, the normalcy and they're, they're just like us. They lived in a completely different time, but they're, they struggle just like we did. They really did. Yeah. They really did. So keeping those things in mind, mm-hmm. the conversations that um, that you have with your kids, the ones that you have are that are so important are how is school going? What's been going on at school? Have you heard of the Newman Center? Have mm-hmm. you dropped by there at all? Um, has church been important to you? Have you found friends? Have you right. found people who accept you and love you and are walking with you? Oh, that's huge. Um, how are your mm-hmm. classes going? I know they might be scary. Um, are you not eating food at the muck or <laughs> you're nearby? Like, are you eating on campus <laughs> right. or is the food terrible? Maybe right. we can write in a letter or something of right. that sort. Because they hear, I mean, there's so many things that you learn right. and that you listen to. And like, ask, what was the most fun that you had in this semester? Mm-hmm. What were the things that you really enjoyed? Um, because, I mean, we're seeking, for for instance, to have as many fun, enjoyable yeah. times as possible to draw the kids in. And it's not just to draw them into the Newman Center. It's so that they can have fun and realize, wow, like we can have fun doing this stuff mm-hmm. and enjoying ourselves. Yeah. Um, there we was, build a community. Oh, yeah. so true. Yeah. One of the students this last semester had been in the party scene for most of the semester and then been invo- invited to one of our barn dances. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's just something different. There's just a different environment here. Like we're having fun. We're enjoying ourselves. Not everyone's here sloshed or completely drunk. Right. And they're like having fun with each other, talking to each Mm -hmm. other. And it is a blast. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. Most of the students don't want to leave when they go to those dances. Right. Um, I usually have to just because they think I'm a chaperone (laughs) and because my dancing's so bad. (laughs) That I just have to get out of there. But I feel like we should make him dance or something just to see no, it. But. No, you don't want that. You don't want that. The camera would break. So uh, do you think sometimes it's difficult for parents to be that person that approaches them? And would you recommend someone else in the family? Like, is it better for a brother or sister, especially if you have an older brother or sister? It can to do be that? good for a brother or sister, but at the same time, it can feel like there's spies being sent in on a covert mission. <laughs> I hadn't thought about um, that. <laughs> I think a lot of parents might not realize that, but you know, when your f- brother who's never talked to you about the faith all of a sudden says, yes. hey, uh, have, you, have you been going to church? <laughs> Did mom set you up for this? <laughs> is dad waiting outside? Are, is there a tap on you? Are you being tapped right now? Yeah. That could <laughs> so, totally happen. Um, it can be good. Um, but Especially I think, if they had like some, if they're known to be really uh, strong in their faith to yeah. begin with, that might be, that might work. That might work. Okay. But I think, I think a lot of the time is naturally letting it evolve. Yeah. Naturally bringing up questions and not, like I said, jumping in and saying, um, Hey, have you heard about this? And have you been doing this yeah. kind of thing? Because sometimes it can feel really uh, non-organic, right? almost like it's, you know, you're just putting it in there just to see where they're at. Right. Um, so having the questions come up and, and even for the invitation for them to come on Sunday right. to mass, like I said, invitation to come on Sunday, mm-hmm. invitation to come at Christmas, invitation to come to those services or to do those sorts of things can be really big. Yeah. Not just to say, hey, you're getting up and going to mass with me tomorrow, right? <laughs> right. You better get up. Um, that can be, it can feel difficult. Right. The other thing too, and this is just for parents to realize, so many young people feel like they're being looked upon as kids again when they yes. get home. Yeah. They've been beginning to learn what it means to be an adult. They're not totally there yet, obviously, right. but they're beginning to learn that. So when you look down upon them and treat them as the kids they've mm-hmm. always been, and I know that's hard as parents, I get that. Yeah. Um, they can feel like they're being demeaned. Yeah. Or seen as less than they are. And then all of a all well, immediately they kind of 
push away. Right. They They'll rebel. kind of shut down from, they do. from talking to you. Yeah. Very good advice. Um, okay. So you said that you're kind of seeing some growth in the Newman Center. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thanks be to God. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the most encouraging thing you're seeing down there? Well, anywhere from mass attendance. Mm -hmm. Now, daily masses have been kind of slowly growing. You have daily um, masses down there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. On a regular basis. Yep. See, Pretty you can tell I did not go to the Newman Center. Okay. I went to church, but I did not go to the Newman Center at SCSU. I wasn't even there when I was there. Probably was. It was. You're not. 90s? Yeah, Early it was 90s? in the 90s. Okay. It was there in the 80s. And I believe it was there in the 70s too. <laughs> so... <laughs> No I did. I went to I went to church. Well, I went. I lived in Watertown a lot of the time when I was going to, to school. You don't. So. You don't need to explain. It's okay. You're not digging your grave right now. You're I feel fine. like I am, and I don't even <laughs> not even trying to. So, um, so we've got more attendance at daily masses. Sunday masses yeah. are blooming, which is Great. awesome, and we're getting more volunteers for music and things like that. But the regular events we have have been increasing. The amount of students are participating, but also just students who find it to be their home. Yeah. And just enjoy themselves there. The missionaries are doing great work. Mm -hmm. In the course of this last semester, they've increased the amount of Bible studies that they have. They're doing having more disciples. And those who are there are doing phenomenal work. That's I am great. so thankful for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those kids, those focus, I'm telling you, I we actually have supported a couple of them off and on over the years. And they're just, they're so important to the campus life. Yeah. Those focus kids to just bring those students in. And I mean, I think really nowadays kids, just kids, young adults, I have to stop doing that, but yeah, they're kids Big to fun. me. Um, but they really just want community. They, really they want do. a place to be, to belong. Yeah. And even if they're not super strong in their faith yet, that can come as they're spending time in that area. I'm Most sure that's what definitely. you've seen. Yeah. I mean, for instance, the dollar dinners, mm -hmm. a lot of people who come to dollar dinners are not necessarily regular participants right. at the Newman Center, but they know that there's a free meal that costs a buck that's typically better than what they receive at what? their cafeteria. No. <laughs> um, so, I mean, anywhere from beef stew and like Thanksgiving yeah. meals and that kind of stuff has been awesome. Yeah. But there's no sense in which that they have to be part of a Bible study because right. they're coming to those sorts of things. Right. Or like <laughs> um, during the week leading up to Halloween, we did a night in which we watched The Conjuring and I was able to break it apart and say what was real and what was Hollywood. Oh, interesting. Um, which drew a lot of students in just because they got the chance to be like, so we're going to watch a horror movie in the presence of a priest <laughs> in a Newman Center, but he's going to tell us what is freakily real and what is just Hollywood. I just need to be able to do this to um, see what's going to happen, but it right? Was cool <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of people who regularly wouldn't attend did right. just because they're like, they're, they're horror movie buffs mm -hmm. and they wanted to see, but then they got the chance to ask all kinds of questions. Yeah. Um, that so it's really making cool. those fun but enjoyable situations and spaces where people can come in yeah. and enjoy themselves. Whether they're also, this is a big thing, whether they're Catholic or Protestant or non-practicing right. as well, that's overall the final mission. Right. It's not just the Catholics on campus. It's yeah. all the students on campus yep. that you want to serve. That's huge. Well, we are out of, out of time, which is really unfortunate. Whatever. But I think I think you gave parents really something to think about as, a, as their um, college students are home. Over Christmas. Not just and their kids. Not yeah. just their kids, but they're still their kids. But yes, not just their kids. Um, so I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us a little bit. I hope that helps the parents. I'm sure it will. I hope so. so. Thanks a lot, Father Cowles. Glad to. All right. Uh, next week, actually, Father Cowles is going to come back for the next week. We're going to hear his story of how he became a priest, how he got his call to the priesthood. I'm sure it will be fascinating. Can't wait. Uh, that is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music